Hey there, welcome back to Choosing Me with Robin Marie. Hey everyone, I am joined by Ellis, my neighbor, um, who is going to kind of take over this episode and interview me. Mm -hmm. We currently have made drinks and are eating pizza. And he's, yes, homemade. And he's running the show today. And so I, that's pretty much the intro. I don't know how much he wants to share about himself besides being my neighbor and he does accounting. And nice. Yeah. That now. Yeah. Now it's your turn. Take it over. All right. Well, Robin, big fan of the podcast. Thank you. Been a listener no. since since day one. Fuck that. And we're not. We're gonna try to stop the dog from eating our food. Thanks, yes. Sadie. She's already had one piece of pizza. Uh. So I have the idea to take over Robin's podcast, interview her to flip the tables on her. And today's theme is going to be choosing the best you, trying to keep in line with her vision for the podcast. And apologies in advance, Sadie is a big fan of the pizza that Ella so graciously made and is trying to eat said pizza, so. Thanks, Sadie. Our unofficial co-host slash unofficial pizza eater Mm -hmm. is doing her job, I guess. Okay, so... Since the title of the podcast is Choosing Me, you talked a lot about encouraging people to choose themselves. As a listener, I think me and others would like to have a better idea of why you chose you. So let's talk about what it means to choose yourself. So I think people normally feel like there's a kind of box that they need to fit in. They're either pushed into it by their peers, their parents, or just by the system they kind of grow up in. So how do you think that affected you growing up? And how, just kind of how growing up influenced you to change who you are? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good question. I would say I totally tried to hit the trends and norms and everything. Like I definitely, in middle school, I would say I was kind of like popular by association, definitely big air quotes around that because I had this mixed life. Like I was involved with sports. I was a part of like National Junior Honor Society and like student council and all this stuff. And so I had a lot of social circles I was around and all of my friends were cheerleaders and stuff. So like I was kind of by association connected to the cool crowd. I also did the stupidest shit when it came to fashion. I like... I, my friends called it the, what do they call it? The ketchup jail look. And I will now describe it. (laughs) I had this shirt. There was this place called Delia's and they sold like graphic tees. And so I had a shirt and it was blue and had this like sketch, like drawing of ketchup and mustard. And it's ketchup yelling at mustard saying ketchup, the ketchup, blue. I wore them with this really unfortunate American Eagle, um, navy blue and white striped kind of cardigan. And then I had electric highlighter yellow cropped sweatpants that I wore with then not navy blue, but black and white striped knee high socks and I think black Converse. 
And, and that I was had, your high fashion sense? I wore Harry Potter looking glasses and I had a, I was starting to grow out a bob, kind of similar to where my hair is now, but like unfortunate 13, 12 year old awkward stage. This was also the same time I had my first boyfriend. I don't know how it happened. It all aligned, but I was rocking that kind of fashion. Definitely overweight kid, like extremely tall, like I should have been mortally like bullied and everything. And I did, I had bullies and whatnot. Um, but I was like, definitely not picture perfect popular, but like very social, very nice to people. So, so you get bullied a lot? A little bit, not like a ton. Yeah, um, I feel like tall people were so intimidating that people don't want to bully us. Well, it's so funny because, um, and how this is all going to get released. This is going to come out before my interview slash conversation with my friend from college, Morgan. But Morgan is 5'2", and we just did a recording recently, and she talks about, she's my first college friend, and she was intimidated to talk to me because I was so tall, and she's like 5'2", five 5'3", five or whatever, and I'm 5'10". And she was like, I was so scared of you, and I was like, I was disgustingly nice from Indiana at an East Coast school. I wore like bright colors, had a Lily Pulitzer planner, waved at everyone, and wouldn't stop smiling. Like, how the hell was I intimidating? Like, I'm sorry. People were slamming doors in my face because that was the culture on the East Coast. Like, I don't get it. But all of that to say, I tried to fit the norms and so on and so forth. And I tried to fit in. And I think I did a decent amount an okay job because I was able to skim by in a lot of respects and specifically for my high school as well being involved meant fitting in like there was just a I went to a private prep school kind of vibe and being involved and doing lots of things like that was fitting in and being social and being nice and so on like that was the energy and so on and that was a big thing for me and then I went off to college and I really had this amazing opportunity where I was the only person from Indiana for a while and I found out there was someone else there but myself and this guy who really didn't know each other or had any social circle connections were at the school with a bunch of people I didn't know and I had quote unquote the fresh start but not like I'm gonna change my name and like my hair and all this stuff like I went in but I had this opportunity to be like okay people don't know me from my past and it allowed me to like be more myself um I would attribute so much of like my personality now and like who I am and feeling so comfortable in myself and choosing me mm -hmm. to female comedians. I got really interested in like female comedy my sophomore year of college and just Eliza Schlesinger, I'm so bad at saying her name, but anyways, I, my cousin introduced me to her when I was a sophomore in college and she just was like this really like badass independent woman like gave no shits was a woman in comedy which sucks like specifically again woman trying to enter in a male industry and just getting like beaten down every chance of like her having success like you shouldn't you shouldn't be funny you shouldn't win like she's the only woman who's won last comic standing and like her counterparts because she talks about this in her biography she goes on tour and her counterparts just ridicule her the entire time like they're like pissed off they're not making more money they're not getting as many like autographs they're getting shorter set times and it's like she fucking won the show she should go on last she should have the longest set time and they were just like butthurt about this and it's just like i definitely grew so much more into my 
feminist lens and also just like being myself and unapologetically myself my freshman year into sophomore year because there was a correlation between I had knee surgery and I got into female comedy um and the knee surgery was I'd never had surgery before in my life and I was gonna have this big scar on my knee and I'm not perfect by any stance but I was gonna have this giant scar and like this imperfection um and it was just kind of one of those things where it's like I'm gonna embrace it I'm gonna embrace the quirks about me and so on and so forth and I major throwback but I wrote for this website called the Odyssey um which was an online social platform for college students and I had a couple big articles and one of them was called learning to love your imperfections and I wrote it after my freshman year the week before getting knee surgery and just kind of like a love letter to myself and being like you know what like I have these quirks whatever like this is me it's fine I'm gonna get this giant ass garb but like it's part of who I am it's gonna fade whatever and like I'm able to do so much more having had surgery so all of that to say um it took me a while I think I thought I knew who I was going into college and everyone says when you go to college you figure yourself out and when I got to college I was just I had some opportunities that kind of just like pushed me outside my comfort zone and I'm always someone who learning to be uncomfortable is a really big thing for me so I really enjoy opportunities that push me outside my shell. Sometimes I don't repeat those opportunities but I always think it's important to do them. So I think when you switch from that area of you know just trying to fit in and being what everyone wants you to be to starting to break out and be yourself. Um, I think there's like one or two things that people try to focus on when defining themselves. So what do you think your strongest traits are that attract people to you to make them want to be your friend? That's not something that society pushed onto you that you created yourself. Um, I would say just, I think I have a very warm and welcoming personality. I definitely, I'm someone who will, I will always look, I will always assume the best in people until they prove me wrong. And I really don't want people to prove me wrong. Like I very much don't want them to like, if someone like, I'm very much like, and it's maybe not the best thing for me that I do this, but like, I will trust someone right away from the get go. And if they disprove that trust or however, break that trust, yeah, like, it's near impossible for someone to build that back up. Like, I, not that I will hold a grudge, but I think I'm so giving an understanding at the beginning that it's like, if you did something specifically early on to break that trust, like, there is no, there's no point in, not no point, but to me, in my head, it's extremely hard for you to build that back up. But to that, I will say, like, again, I I think I'm very warm and welcoming as how others have described it. Um, I definitely like to just know people well. And, yeah, like, I like to ask questions and have conversations. And then, again, I think just being really involved. I was just, like, in different circles and stuff. And so I think there's just, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, I just think it's kind of those kind of combinations of just being, like, bubbly and outgoing and then just very like interested in a lot of things and I like to learn new things so like 
I think sometimes people just, they just want to have someone to talk to or someone to listen to them. Like my favorite thing is learning what makes people tick. Like what are their passions? Like I could care less what it is, but if someone like face sparks and like gets excited talking about something like that is so rewarding for me to like see that on someone else and also get to be like, oh wow, like this is what makes this person excited. That's something new. I haven't heard of this before. Um, so I think just taking the time to talk to people is like a really rare thing um, at times. And because of that, I think sometimes people are attracted to me because I want to know that. So do you think you developed that, uh, that trait just from observation or was it taught for you talk to you like did you have a good role model I think my mom definitely very much has that similar quality and my dad as well they're just very kind personable outgoing people um and then again my parents were older when they had me and so I was the little adult in quotes of like I was hanging out with their friends and I had my grandmother and my great-grandmother living with me growing up so like I just had to have those conversations. And again, like any awkward first date, you have to have those conversations where you're like, okay, what are your interests? Like you learn to make small talk. And I learned to do that at a very young age. So I think I had a bit of an upper hand when it came to those like interactions with my peers in middle school or high school and so forth in college that I was just able to get people to feel comfortable around me because I'd had that experience so early on. Um, so when it comes to this, when people talk about like a switch to choosing yourself, typically that means like you've gone from a place where you're typically choosing everyone else. Like you're a very kind and giving person. And sometimes, you know, people will tend to take advantage of that. And, you know, you're the friend that always answers the call that, you know, they ask you to do something. And even if you're busy, if you got a homework assignment or whatever, and they want to go out to the bars or anything like that. Like, you're just, okay, yeah. drop it. I'll go with you. Like, do you think you were that person? Totally. 100%. Very much to a fault. I, there are two situations where I feel like I've improved on those scenarios. One was I very ungracefully, very embarrassedly, very embarrassedly, whatever, embarrassment moment I had a full-on mental breakdown in an Applebee's my sophomore year of high school because I was way too over involved I was president of budget clubs and I had a lot of my friends like being vice president doing that stuff with me so on and so forth and I realized early on that yeah I love my friends they're amazing but sometimes it's not always the best to work with your friends and with that like I just was like, I was too overcommitted. I wanted their support and their help and I gave them responsibilities and various things. And sometimes they didn't follow through right the way or at times and meet deadlines and so on. And I just like, I realized I was too much of a people pleaser in that moment and taking on too much because I thought, oh wow, this is a great opportunity, blah, blah, blah. That was one scenario and it wasn't that great. And then the second was I, I learned that when I was studying abroad. I love the people I studied abroad with, um, my roommates. And so I'm an only child and I lived with two women and four guys. And those guys, I love them to death. 
and I also want to kill them because they're literally the brothers I never had in the best way possible. Like, full on, like, we had fights, like, yelling, like, just sibling rivalry, but, like, these weren't even my siblings, but I definitely developed much stronger of a backbone because they went to be like, okay, this is great. We're all going to live together. I'm going to be super nice and helpful. Like, I'll help cook dinners, blah, blah, blah. And then it was just like, full on SmackDown, like, you don't respect me, like, boom, boom, boom. But I developed such a strong backbone. And again, people are like, oh, I went abroad and it changed me. Like, I didn't go abroad and I, like, came back abroad, changed me, blah, blah, blah. But people noticed that I was changed from abroad. And it was just like, I developed so much more of a backbone, which was such a great thing because I definitely was such a people pleaser and still am at times. I think I've gotten a lot better with COVID, just prioritizing myself and like COVID gave me time to realize as much of an extrovert as I am like I do enjoy my own company I was an only child growing up so like I very much learned how to be in my own company keep myself entertained and I do need those times to like recharge and just spend time and relax so like I'm not running at a mile a minute I like to stay busy but I can also it's more not that I like to stay busy, but I like to have a schedule so I can schedule alone time. I don't have to schedule time with other people. Um, and I think that was just a big thing most recently was like the biggest transformation was like, okay, not being, being, not being a people pleaser is one thing, but also willingly saying no to hanging out with people. Even if I want to hang out with someone, just being like, I'm burnt out. Work was great. But it was busy this week and like I hung out with family or hung out with friends and like I just want an afternoon just to sit around and do nothing because I feel like I go a mile a minute every single day which I love but I also have learned to listen to myself and my body more to be like just sit the fuck down <laughs> just chill even if I'm like oh FOMO I just I need the time for myself and I think Again, not recommending that people need to go through a pandemic to figure out how to choose themselves, but having COVID and forced alone time again really caused me to be like, wow, I need to do stuff for myself because as much fun it is to hang out with someone, like, they'll be there. We could do that next weekend. There's other opportunities. It doesn't have to happen in this moment now. And putting myself first and putting that time in for myself now is gonna benefit me way more in the long term than this one time hanging out with a friend. And that sucks to say, but like main character vibes. Like I'm living my life, it's from my perspective. Like I I need to do stuff for myself first. And like others, not to say that other people are not important and I prioritize, I prioritize other people's happiness way more than my own so much and I, definitely value it very high up there but I've learned a lot more to be like I need to prioritize my own happiness Mm -hmm. number one um and that's definitely a lot that I've learned through COVID and really kind of how I got into this podcast and like why I also decided to do it alone because I didn't want to hold other people accountable or ruin relationships or feel like I was bearing the load or heavy lifting for someone else to do with me was I didn't feel like there wasn't someone in my life or convenient or consistent enough to really own this project with me 
And at the end of the day, it's something I can do in my alone time. Like a lot of times I'll record this podcast and I'm just, I'm taking a break and I'm just like, wow, like I've thought about this for a couple of days. I'm just going to hit record and start going. And that's really where I was like, like cathartic for me to just like, I'm going to make this podcast. I'm going to do it for myself. I'm going to put my happiness first. And I'm also just going to dedicate time to reflect on my life and sit down and have this living journal and experience and share with others and bring in people in my life who I think have a lot to give and share to others. Um, and that's just kind of where this all came from and the backstory behind it. Mm -hmm. So when giving people, uh, I think they tend to be, their friends tend to be very dependent on them. You know, they'll ask favors or that person will always be there in case, you know, your friends need you. Mm -hmm. So when you get to that point where you finally decide or recognize, you know, I'm doing too much for other people. I'm not doing enough for myself. And then you start saying no to your friends. Yeah. And sometimes your friends are, they're not used to you saying no. Yeah. You know, every time they ask you something, it's, yeah, sure. I can make time. I can do this. Because, you know, you're the responsible one. You can schedule your time. You got all your stuff planned out. So you're able to also delegate to other people. So is it selfish to choose yourself and when you start saying no to your friends how did they react and how did that make you feel i think so much of it is based on perspective like yeah it might be selfish to do it and it's not because it's i feel guilt and it's selfish in my head it's i think sometimes more of my friend might think it's selfish of me and yeah, that sucks. And I understand. And like, I think something that specifically women haven't, yeah, quote unquote, women are emotional, <laughs> whatever, that's fine. But women are not very good about expressing why and when they feel emotional. And I will say that to a T, I was horrible about it in my last relationship. I'm horrible about it at times with friends where I'm like, yeah, it sucks that you canceled on me. I was really hoping to hang out. I haven't seen you in a while. I don't express that. I just say, yeah, it's fine if someone cancels. And I feel like, likewise, my friends probably do that to me sometimes. But I definitely feel like because I am sometimes maybe more of a consistent individual in some of my friendships at times, it can be frustrating when it's like you cancel on me all the time and I don't express my frustration. But when I cancel on you and then you vocalize it to me, it's like, can't I have one time to cancel last minute because I just I've had enough and I'm at my breaking point and I yeah maybe shouldn't have maybe should have expressed this earlier maybe should have figured this out but sometimes it's like again I'm running a mile a minute that it takes me till the last moment to be like I can't fucking do it today like I just I can't do it and yeah it's my fault I burnt myself out too much but I don't think it's selfish if anything I think it's me prioritizing myself and saying, hey, I need to do this for myself. I will push through more than anyone to hang out with someone. So it's really like if someone catches me on that moment, which is very rare, it's very much intended. Um, so yeah, I think it's not selfish from, selfish from my perspective. It could probably be very selfish in, from my friends' perspectives. And that's completely valid. And they're more than welcome and totally deserving to have those feelings feelings are completely validated um on any respect from anyone 
Um, but I don't have guilt if someone thinks I'm selfish for putting myself first because it's what I need to do for myself and I don't do it often. Did that reveal any like true nature of friendships that you had? Where you suddenly started choosing yourself and someone's like, Robin, you changed. Um, yeah, there's definitely been ebbs and flows with friendships over the years and um I can think of people like transitioning from my middle school to my high school, um, and even from high school to college, like friends who I had and I spent significant amount of time with and then just like we weren't around each other as much and so I would reach out and be like hey let's like hang out but it's like oh well I made new friends or whatever or whatnot and again that happens that's fine but then they'll like try and pop back in my life years later and I'm like I tried to keep that bridge alive and you didn't and okay fine whatever I let it slide the first time then they reach out maybe a second time okay cool let's meet up and there's several people who I've met up with years later and I'm just like, not everyone has to change. That's fine. I think it's very natural for people to change and grow up. And so I think I've gone through several pinnacle points of changing and I've expressed that earlier that it sometimes, it can sometimes be frustrating or very knowledge, very eye-opening to me and a ton of knowledge to say this person hasn't changed that much from middle school or high school and that person was a little bit of a maybe a rough fit back then and definitely does not fit in my life and definitely is just not someone I want to spend my time around or my energy into or their priorities are different than mine and it's something that I don't care about and makes me feel that like I don't care about guys too much like Oh shit, she just took your pizza. It's just bread. Okay. Um, but like, I don't care about guys too much. Like, yeah, dating's fun, whatever. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I'm not gonna excessively talk about people about like, oh my god, this one time I had this really big crush on this guy in high school, and oh my god, he's in town. Should I hit him at blah blah blah? Like, I do not care. Like I I care way more about my friends and my family and just nurturing the relationships that are impactful to me. Like I have a journal and like part of my journal, there's like a affirmation quote and it's, and I've been saying it now and I've been well, writing it down for probably the past nine months. And it's, I have relationships that match my energy. Like if I'm putting an X amount of energy so I want someone to then put back that similar energy to me. Like, if I'm putting in a ton of time to plan to hang out or whatnot, then, like, I... She's reading the highlight uh, of the outline I wrote. That, oh. That she's yeah. speaking verbatim. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but pretty much it's, like, I, like, I've been writing it for nine months. It's, like, I want relationships that match my energy, friendships, family significant other whatever it's like if I'm putting in more time than you then you obviously do not value it the same that I do and again and it may suck to say this I can compartmentalize relationships I have friends who like I love them to death but I'll put an effort to make plans but if they don't make the plans quickly or like 
it's we see each other maybe every six months or every couple of years that's fine I know where that relationship stands and it's not that I don't love that friendship but like I'm not gonna put in energy to be like let's hang out every month and continually get disappointed because they're gonna cancel or not gonna be someone who can follow through like I take it as it is and I know what friends I can myself make plans with because I know they're gonna follow through versus other friends who I let make plans with me because I know their track record has maybe stated that they're not the best at following through and if I make a plan and someone cancels on me I take it way harder than when someone else makes the plan and then they like retract it Mm -hmm. um so I definitely I can compartmentalize that and it's very much based on like the proven energy like if someone wants to step up more and be my friend I'm more than happy to give that back but like I'm not like fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me but like fool me 10 times like I'm a fucking idiot kind of thing like that's where I'm at with a lot of these friendships at times so for the the friends you know we talk about the friends that kind of distance themselves once you start saying no and actually choosing Mm -hmm. yourself so I, I we don't have to touch on it too long, but I want to talk about the friends that have embraced that and maybe, you know, they recognize that, oh, like, yeah, Robin was actually doing a lot for me and I wasn't doing anything in return. So like now she's kind of demanding more respect for herself and now you guys are better friends because now you have a better respect for each other. I think COVID has made it hard where I haven't, I don't think I really have any too strong examples of that. And that's partly because like some of my friends who I'm really close with are just not around in Indy anymore. And I've developed some really great new friends because of this whole mindset change through COVID that I'm like, I have great friends and it's like, they're awesome and stuff, but also like I brought them into my life when I had these standards for myself and these affirmations and so on. So like they came in at the level that I was hoping those that like hope, hoping need those friendships to be at um so yeah I don't know if I really have any too strong examples of that I definitely think that there's been some friends who've come back into my life where I definitely kind of kept them out for a little bit not purposely like they just didn't reach out and they now know like they have to reach out and it's great when I see them but again I don't I don't put too much time into it because I know where that friendship stands um Not that I don't value it, but it's just like, we're not having a sleepover every Friday night because you can't follow (laughs) through with plans. Like, I'll see you once every couple of months for dinner or a wine night, which is fine. I love those relationships. But I do need friends who I can, like, be like, hey, let's grab dinner last minute because I know they're reliable. Mm -hmm. So there's new people that you've met that, you know, live up more to your higher standard. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know kind of talk about how you go about when you redirect that energy from like giving it to others to receiving it yourself and because that seems like more of a selfish mindset how do you still like attract people or meet new people and how do you make yourself still give out that energy to meet new people I mean I think it's very easy I think it's like I I wake up every morning and I'm like, I'm a boss ass bitch. And then other people are like, yeah, you're a boss ass bitch. And I'm like, yeah, and you're my friend. So you're also a boss ass bitch because like that's the energy I attract. 
So I think it's very easy for me to like be kind and supportive to my other friends and like people I have around me because it's like the energy I have around me is like very similar. So it's like I'm more than easy to be supportive towards that because it's like I can acknowledge that in you very easily. Um, yeah, no, I think I definitely don't think it's like I definitely don't think it's de- it's not selfish at all. It's just more of like acknowledging your own worth and then having other people recognize that um and specifically people who maybe haven't recognized that before being like hey like I'm really great and like you should acknowledge that more not take that for granted um and I just think yeah like I think that's yeah I'm not really sure how else to answer that one what if you meet like a I don't know kind of like a cold call you just meet someone you don't even know them Mm mm-hmm are you open to, you know, expanding your you know, amount of friends? And if you decide to do that, like, you decide you have the capacity to, like, bring more people into your circle. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, try and attract that person? If you like them or something, how do you attract them into your circle? And, I don't know. I don't know, that question kind of got away from me. Anyways, mm-hmm. when it comes to your circle, you know, there's a popular saying, you're the culmination of your five closest friends. Oh, really? I haven't ever heard that before. You've never heard that before? No, I haven't okay. heard that before. Well, Oop. you are. You're the culmination of the five people you hang out with That makes, that the makes most. sense. Okay. All right. So I want to know who those people are and what traits you've adopted from them personality wise or other I don't oh okay um let me think as I also chew my pizza um I think it's a combination of things like I just I think there's qualities of, like, some friends I have who are amazing listeners, some who are great about, like, I dig at people. Like, I want to know what makes them tick, and sometimes I do it so much that it's a fault, and I, like, will get deep with them, and I have a really good, my college roommate, who just, like, will probe you, and it's so good every now and then to have that happen, and again, it's great for self-reflection of, like, damn, like, maybe I shouldn't do that as much, but... No, like, I have that. I've got friends who are humorous, like, my one really, really good friend. Sadie, you're okay. Um, I have one really good friend who, like, my texting skills were horrible in high school. Horrible. Love her to death. And she's like, Robin, you gotta use emotion. Maybe I use it too much to a fault now. Maybe I use too many emojis. But, like, I would just be, like, dead ass, like, okay. Yep. Sounds good period or no like no punctuation at all and she's like are you excited to hang out or not until like I've gotten maybe a little crazy with the emojis and explanation points and stuff uh but just like no like those kind of qualities so I've got like some friends who like bring me out of their shell bring me out of my shell and vice versa them and like we really balance each other I have friends who we can be really deep together and like I would say every single one of my friends if I can't cry with someone they're not my friend straight up like I cry at every movie so if I do not if I do not feel comfortable to cry in front of you or sing in front of you in front of a car in the car you're not my real friend and that's like 
that's just honestly because it's like that's when I'm my most vulnerable and my most vulnerable is my truest self and if someone sees me at that level there's obviously a way we connect and we connect for different ways again similar experiences similar hobbies interests personalities you name it a niche niche subject whatever but like at the end of it it's like can our just like our personalities our souls our beings whatever be like raw and vulnerable with each other and if that's the case then like that's where my true friends lie so maybe it's like maybe there's a plane of like there's like this let's hypothetical there's this emotional electron plane where people just like their energies vibrate and they're just like dude we vibe and we're chilling and like we can have nothing in common but you can feel that energy with someone and you're just like i feel safe i feel comfortable i can have these conversations around you blah 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 okay yeah so if if someone's listening and they hear how closely you connect with your friends and they're like i don't feel that way around my friends at all i'm always stressed out around them i'm always doing things for them they only call me when they want something how do you find better friends you get a dog. <laughs> uh, no. Honestly, I... You have to be your friend. You have to be your best friend first. You have to be comfortable in your own company and have the mindset to say... And it took me a while to get here. Like, I... I was... I've always been pretty good about making friends and I can go... I can go through and find friends in different areas because I definitely was a very involved individual and still am. So, like, I have a lot of pathways and networks to meet people. But I think that I've also... Have been able to, like, self-reflect and be, like, through COVID, like, how can I be comfortable in my own company? And, like, what do I enjoy about my own company? What do I like to do when I'm alone? Like, do I like to watch movies? Do I like to read books? So on and so forth. And be like, damn, I really like this. Like, I want to be able to do this with someone and share this experience. Or like, I really love this movie. I love this TikTok. I want to share this with someone. And so, like, that's kind of where I find friends and interests. Um, and I think it's just about finding people who, like, are open-minded and willing to try new things and, like, shared experiences. I mean, like... All we want to do in life is just talk and we want to talk about ourselves and we want to share experiences with people. And it's super self-centered to say that, but that's literally what it is. It's like, damn, I want to eat this cake, but like, I don't want to eat it by myself. So I'm going to have to do it with someone else. And I want to talk about myself and they can listen and be like, oh yeah, you're so interesting. Like straight up simplicity. That is where it is. Um, but like. I think it's just about like being open, smiling, waving. Like if you're just open and honest and willing to speak out, like I would say the reason, again, going back to middle school, high school, the reason I was more accepted, popular, whatever, was also I'm not afraid to speak out. I'm always the kid who will raise their hand first. I can be wrong. I will raise my hand. And just putting yourself out there. People come and talk to you. Like, that's how my friend Morgan and I chat. Again, I think I raised my hand and talked about stuff or whatever happened. And I was friendly or whatnot. And she felt comfortable enough to come up to talk to me after class. And it's just like, if you put yourself out there, people will then feel the courage to put themselves out there and come and talk to you. So I think it's just, again, being vulnerable and just being open. Yeah.
so speaking of uh, your interests as you choose yourself, mm-hmm. before you've talked about, you know, really liking movies and whatnot, especially rom-coms. Oh, yeah. And I see you have a bunch of uh, little paintings and pictures hung in your living room. Yeah, silhouettes of epic rom-com scenes, yeah. So I wanted to test your knowledge. Yes, okay. Of relatively popular rom-coms. I don't know how far back you go. I picked some old movies. I'm going to say the quote. You're going to guess what movie it's from. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I haven't seen most of these, so I'm not going to say it like the actor does, but that just makes That's it harder. That's fine. No, that makes it harder. That's good. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. We're going to have to work at this every day, but I want to do that because I want to. I want all of you forever. You and me. Every day. Notting Hill? No. What is it? How many guesses can I give you? Maybe give me two. Ooh, is that uh, The Notebook? Yes. Okay, I, I haven't seen The Notebook that much, but I was like, okay, Notting Hill, kind of similar vibes where she's like, I'm an actress, and, like, I have this new fancy life, and, like, you're not, you're kind of like a poor British boy, like, whatever, but, like, because she says, like, she's got the line where it's like, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Like, that, it's similar vibes to that one, but, yeah. Did you just guess notebook by throwing it out there? Like, well, it's no, again, context, it's like, whatever, Rachel McGowan's is like, you kind of suck, like, <laughs> like, I don't know, my parents think you're beneath me, and like, we shouldn't be together, and you're stubborn, and I'm stubborn too, and we're gonna make this work, but it's gonna be hard, because again, we're both stubborn people, so, mm. similar context. They all have the same storyline, but. Well, I've never seen the notebook, so I wouldn't know. It's Okay. Right, Spoiler, they die nope. holding hands. You didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to everyone listening. All right. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest hey, of your Harry life. Hey, Harry Metalli, I love this quote so to much. To start as soon as possible. I love this quote Nailed so much. Um, that's one of my favorite quotes because I think it's just so authentic. Um. Yeah, it's cheesy, but I think it's just, like, people don't figure out when they want to spend the rest of their life with someone. Like, it's not, like, I don't think it's always the easy build-up. And you think, oh, yeah, like, I think I see all the time people are like, oh, yeah, I thought this was the one. Or, yeah, I was married to this person or whatever, whatever. And it's, like, there's sometimes just people need a switch in there and they're like, fuck, like, I guess this is the person I want to spend my time with. Like, okay, whatever. But, no. (laughs) It's a great movie. Ugh. Uh, next one god this is long you'll probably get in like two sentences I hate the way you talk to me 10 things I hate about you done favorite movie of all time that is my favorite movie ever Julia Stiles slaps ugh you saved me from reading like 20 sentences no it's 10 things I hate about you so it's 10 things she hates about him it's not 10 sentences Okay. Well, whatever. It's ten things she hates about. She's like, I hate the way you wear your combat boots and the way you <laughs> never call and blah blah blah. Oh, the worst, big worst of all, I hate the way I don't hate you, not even a bit, not even at all. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. Oh, whatever. Yeah. I recited that in my yeah. poetry class in high school. Wow. Yeah. Okay, these ones get harder. I vow to fiercely love you in all your forms, now and forever. 
I promise to never forget that this is a once in a lifetime love. Uh, this should arguably be the easiest one. Is this the vow? Yes. Boom. It starts with I vow. To... Well, whatever. Have you How seen you that not... movie? No. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler, he gets in a coma, so he can't, he doesn't remember the vows. <laughs> or she does. One of them gets in a coma, and then they don't remember the vows. Isn't it Channing Tatum? Yeah, and Amanda Seyfried, whatever, from Mamma Mia. I would fall in love with Channing Tatum again. She's the man. Classic. Is there a she's the man in here? No. <laughs> that is a rom-com. That's uh, so good. Next. You, you don't marry someone you can live with. You marry the person you cannot live without. I don't know what this is. It was kind of an old one. Uh, Casablanca. No. Not that old. Mm. <sighs> Wedding singer. P.S. I love you. Oh, okay. Have you seen that? I have. Don't like it. It's irrelevant. <laughs> irrelevant. I mean, like, it's good. It's fine. I mean, right. like, I will say the actress in it is. Hillary Swank or whatever. Have you seen it? I watched a clip from it when I was looking these up. Oh, okay. Anyways, Hillary Swank, I think. And she's in Million Dollar Baby or whatever. These are two movies. Mm. Weird, weird reference. But, like, <laughs> all of these co-workers I had at two of my internships, they're, like, they're all, like, dads. They're, like, you look like Hillary Swank. And I'm, like, okay. Oh, my God. You kind of do. No, I don't. <laughs> You do. No, Holy don't. shit. I don't think I do. You just said that and I see it immediately. I don't see it though. I'm like, yeah, you know, like a million dollars. Oh like, my mm, God. No. I can't unsee it. <laughs> okay. Official score, four out of five. Three out of five if you count only getting the first one. Wait, what did I get wrong? Oh, the PS I love you. Yeah. Okay. No, the notebook. You didn't get the notebook first. I thought that. That was pretty. On the second, second try. Three and a half, 3.5 okay. out of five. Uh... Everyone on the podcast learned that Robin is lying about loving rom-coms. Okay. Bonus round. Yes. I'll never let go, Jack. I promise. Ellis, what is the answer to that? Do you know the answer? Have you it's seen it? It's a lie. <laughs> Have you seen Titanic? I think because it's a lie. Have what? you seen it, though? Yes. But why did they... I looked at, like, best rom-com quotes, and I picked good ones. This is really a quote here. She lets go. Like, she immediately lets go. You know go. what? I'm going to just say this. Not to defend Rose, but to empathize with her. Her hand probably got cold. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you want to hold on, but frostbite takes over and you can't feel your oh hand anymore. God. She's like, I'll never let go. And in her head, she never let go. But her hand said, bye, Jack. <laughs> And her hand just went, shoop. <laughs> okay. So I have a little dialogue here to close it out. Sadie, shh, shh. Everyone, I'm sorry for Sadie's continuous commentary in this episode. She's being a little bit of a princess. It was her birthday yesterday, and she's not loving it down. Mm. Okay. So for everyone's listening, when you're joining the rat race... Of life. People are pulling you in every direction. Just remember to give yourself enough time 
and surround yourself with people who have a good balance of give and take. Everyone needs a shoulder to rest on at some point. So like we said earlier, it's not selfish to choose yourself. And any of your friends that try to give you backlash for making that decision and demanding more time for yourself is probably not someone that's going to help you grow as a person. And if you don't know who these people are, these are the people that say, like, well, you've changed since, you know, this, this, and that. And it's, if you're making good decisions for yourself and people aren't supportive of that, then that person's just trying to control you and keep you as a convenient, uh, like, a task person or a favor friend. So personally, whenever I tried to break out of that rut or take off the mask that, you know, other people put on me, my current friends and family may not have been as supportive just because they didn't know, like, kind of what I was doing. I realized it's because they were really losing control over me, and these people were losing influence over my decisions. Okay, they were losing an easily exploitable favor friend. Okay, but I, for anyone that feels like that, why would you even want to be around people like that in the first place? Okay, it's better to be on your own with a happy you than a fake version of yourself surrounded by people who choose what you are. Mad so, respect for that. There's a, That's a soliloquy. Is that, what is that called? A, a mon- Oh, monologue. That yeah. monologue slaps, Alice. Well, there's more. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Part if, two. If, Scene five. If there's anyone out there thinking, you know, well, I'm not a favor friend and people aren't choosing who I am, I mean, that may not be the case and you may be like in control of your life, but I would challenge you to ask yourself, is it your best version of yourself? So are you the person that, are you yourself the person that you'd want to surround yourself with? Like, would you be your own friend? So if you want to improve, then improve for yourself by choosing yourself, okay? It's your life. Everyone deserves to be chosen by at least themselves. And you are already special because you were born into this world. That is an Attack on Titan reference. What? And yes, I'm going to make you watch it. What is it? It's an anime. Oh. (laughs) All right, that's it. Thanks for having me on, Robin. This was fun. I hope people learn more about you and why you chose yourself and how to choose themselves. I hope I provided some input in this episode. I feel like I just rambled a lot and didn't give any answers. (laughs) But I hope people take away that I maybe am a big liar about rom-com loving. Mm -hmm. Or at least least I'm overly confident about it. And Ellis had an amazing monologue at the end. And surprisingly makes decent pizza. If that's all we learn, that's great. But if other people take away a lot from this, I'm glad and I'm thankful for you asking those questions. So until next time, talk to you all soon. Until next time, this is Robin Marie and keep choosing you.